Did you know that the 4th of July is on a Thursday this year? That's going to be a full weekend of fun out on the deck, four days. But if your deck isn't what it used to be and you aren't using it for great family gatherings, you need to call my friends at All Weather Decks. All Weather Decks is a 24-time winner of the Angie Super Service Award. And they probably help one of your neighbors. Click on the map link at allweatherdecks.net. Call All Weather Decks today at 913-206-1974 or go to allweatherdecks.net and mention you heard it on 810. Call now and relax. Got a little early. And you were here ahead of me, which is very rare. That's probably one of maybe the second time. Wow. What, what, what's years. going on? I mean, my I was goodness. Just so just, excited. So <laughs> couldn't sleep. Amped up because the Chiefs are playing Sunday? Yeah, that's what it is. I, yeah. And it can't you get want me here to tell you the enough. score. Yeah, let's hear. Zero yeah. to zero right now. No. <laughs> that voice that you heard is the Ford mechanic. <laughs> Comes with the grease under his fingernails and his jumper cables. Greg Thompson. So let's hear the score. Yeah. We haven't fed or watered him either this morning, so somebody just stand way back. <laughs> deal. Guys, I'll tell you what, I, uh, we got a great show today. You keep ignoring. You said you were going to give us a score. I'm going to give you the score before, before the day's over. <laughs> You can take it to the bank. Too. We have a new board operator. He's been with us for a few weeks now, Kyle. Isn't he wonderful? He's oh, great. Yeah. We love Kyle. Kyle, yeah. what do you think is going to happen in this game? He's not going to answer. I've Wait. got the Chiefs winning by a touchdown. Sweet. I'll take that. Boy, I like your ad. That's positive. I love that. Yeah. That dog will hunt. Who's hurt? Who's out? Nobody's out that I know of. I mean, no, there's three questionable. Yeah. Three. Kels. Kelsey? Hardman. Oh, Hard, Hardman. What's the matter with Kelsey? Anybody know? He's got a back, back injury. Really? Well, I can relate to that real well. Wow. He just didn't want to go through the walkthroughs yesterday, so took the I day off. I don't blame him. Yeah. Put some heat on it. I finish. don't think you'd be able to keep him off that field. I don't he, either. Gave him a shot of Jack Daniels and send him out there. My goodness. You know, whatever it takes. <laughs> yeah. Hey, if Mahomes is going to play on one leg, I guarantee you Kelsey's going to be in there if he can be. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's going to be interesting. Got parity in the league. That's what the league's all about. Yeah. You know, so Cincinnati's for real. Got a great quarterback. Oh, yeah. Such as we. But it's, it's going to be – I think it'll come down to a fumble, uh, Turn a over. bad call, yep. uh, block punt, something bizarre will happen before the game's over. But that's just my judgment. That's and, uh, pretty much what the other three games have come just down. in case you want to know. What was that? 27-23. You know what uh, – you know what's crazy? Mahomes is excuse me. Mahomes is the oldest quarterback of the four left. Isn't that yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, he ought to get his social security check here pretty quick, hadn't he? Well, if he's no, oldest, Brady get his social security check. Yeah. If he he's oldest it. at twenty seven, we're screwed. <laughs> <laughs> we no, are doubt. Screwed. no doubt. We are screwed. We ought to be on the AARP channel. Yeah. <laughs> I hate to tell you this guys, but this is about over for us. We're gonna get how many sixty more months maybe to live? Fifty more months. I plan to finance cars longer and we'll live. We're definitely in the fourth quarter. <laughs> Two out in the bottom of the nine. <laughs> I do hear uh, good things about the our Royals. I've been reading a lot about them. They said from the bottom to the top. So, interesting times. Yeah, making some nice changes. We'll yeah. see. Uh, You'd have to have a good memory with them because they change players every day. Well, it's uh, okay. Know, right? Whatever it takes to build the team, I'm in. Yeah. You know, in the deal. I have faith in management out there. 
Yeah. I'm one of the few, but I, I, they do have faith in management out there. I think they're they're good humans, yeah. as we say in the deal. Uh, crappie fishing, guys, oh. is it any good anywhere? Oh, God. Yeah, it's on fire. I mean, just about everywhere. Yeah, and this is the time. Yeah, that water's in the mid mid to upper thirties, and the crappie are bunched up, big bunches. And you don't once you find them, you don't have to go very far to get a limit. But yeah, I mean, Toby Lewandowski, he's he's hammering them. Uh, uh, Brian Andreka, the Kansas angling experience, mm-hmm. he's just hammering them. Uh, Richard Bowling out on Truman, he's catching them surprisingly shallow. Oh. Um, he's going all the way back into these creeks in six to eight foot of water. And two days ago, he was catching them under a cork. At one foot? Yeah, yeah. At one foot. Ah, now, wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm from Missouri. Got to show me. Well, he does every day. He shows uh, the board that he lays them on is 12 inches wide, and he shows it whoever his client's catches are. Now you get down and it, it, he's fishing all over the lake, and and when you get like up into the clearer water, they're a little deeper, but still, the clear water they're five to 12 foot deep. I mean, it's still relatively shallow, but yeah, I, this is the time if you like to crappie fish, boy, you need to be out there. It get a bit a little bit nipply out there you know ah. right now with that it'll be all right that cold front coming in this week you might get a little ice forming again we'll see uh, yeah if you haven't fished with ice forming in your guides uh, yeah yeah, oh, fish yeah. Oh, yeah you, you just know, haven't lived you gotta go you gotta go try that once <laughs> cody van Ant still killing the catfish yeah well yeah well and richard richard bowling he went yeah, out I catfishing and just yeah just annihilating him huh. in relatively shallow water out on flats oh, a quality fish he, I, he, I didn't even ask him about that. They're just getting big numbers. He usually does catch some, you know, over the slot limit. But uh, yeah, it's yeah. Explain time. that slot, would you? Well, I don't know. I don't remember exactly what it is. On oh, it's only on violator. Truman. Here yeah. we go. We could get a ticket issued here. <laughs> Twelve to twenty. I don't know. I'm, I'd have to look it up. And Kelly, uh, Curtis, I just talked to him this morning, and they'd come back from South Dakota. A, eh? you got to put the A part when you get. You up been there, Dan? What's that? You been there, Dan? <laughs> but they <laughs> they uh he got a got a gigged an eight pound walleye jeez that's a big fish that's a big fish that's a good eating fish yeah mm-hmm. unbelievable but uh 26 to 34 inches 26 to need to be released inches. yep what's that mean what go go through that again on the catfish on the blue cat anything between 26 and 34 inches has to be released oh Huh. Micromanaging again, are they? Yeah, so letting them big, those big spawning fish go, which nothing wrong with that. No. Really, keep the smaller ones to eat. Did you guys? Uh, of course, you would. Uh, Mark, you didn't get a chance maybe to look at our our Facebook. No, with Mike Hanley on there and the art that he's done. No, it, no, I need to. I was trying to look that up before we got on the show. I couldn't find it quick enough. But I talked to him yesterday. Yeah, you talk about a nice Ooh. man. Boy, he's just. Uh, as good guy. a guy, yeah. Good old Southern boy. Yeah, and he he's uh, for real. You know, I've seen him on outdoor channels, and uh, he, he is for real on that deal. He's so. out at the uh, the Kansas Monster Buck Classic mm. out in Topeka this this weekend. So that's pretty darn cool. You guys running out to see that? I am. I am. Uh, Don Brewer from uh, from uh, Swamp People. He'll be there. Uh, this fellow by the name of Clint Ford that I met, he, he learned how to sharpen knives from both his grandma, grandpas, and he's going to be there. Uh, Paisley Worth, who's killed the largest buck ever killed by a female in the world. 
she'll be there of course mm-hmm. i was teasing her she killed that two years ago i said we gonna have to look at that same little old brush buck again or yeah. did you kill another one <laughs> well i hate to tell her this <laughs> 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 and it never gonna happen again. <laughs> I, I, I'm not putting anything past this girl. Well, that's a dear of a lot young lady. I, I should mean, say. you just don't. They're oh. just not around. I mean, that's just so odd and so unique. And the deal that, you know, we talking a while back here about uh, this is the good old days of fishing. Mm-hmm. Well, this is the good old days of whitetail deer right now. You know, and they got some problems. You know, some CWD diseases and things like that showing up, but. Boy, the quality of deer people are harvesting is just off the chart. You know, when, years ago, you know, I'd hear about a 150 every once in a while. You know, somebody around I knew or some friends, or I'd hear rumors about it. Now it's, it's not common, but it, there's an awful lot of white 50, 150 class. Do you realize how many, how big that deer is? To I know. 150 inches, guys. Now, I figure that's unbelievable. Yeah, it is. Okay, so the, for some reason, I'll, I, I had this come to mind yesterday, Uh-oh. and this is a good question for you, Fred. We've all uh-huh. we've been arguing about whether LiveScope or electronics has really helped the fishing out, or it's, it, it's helped a lot of people catch a lot uh, more fish. How about electronics in deer hunting? Yeah, that's uh, trail cams. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, they notify your cell phone if a deer walks by and things like that, you know. Maybe... Uh, too much you know i don't know i'm from the old school i mean my gosh when i started which was when moby dick was a sardine (laughs) when i started you know you had to go i would take a a tape measure with me and measure tracks i would never see the deer but i move into an area and i look for big rubs and what we called master scrapes and couldn't go into certain timbers unless the wind was just exactly right you know because you didn't want to haze him out of there but uh, you know, and back in when I started, it was brown. It was down. And to shoot a buck was all. It was the whole thing. And for generations, we shot every antler deer that there ever was. And now these guys are completely different humans, and they they let deer walk. You know, the one twenty fives, the one thirties, one forties. They let walk. That's what it takes too. That's, yeah. It takes old age on the deal that's as simple as you can talk about it all you want but it takes old age and you can help them along with some you know some mental licks and things like that but uh i i kind of i see north dakota is going to do away with food plots you know and that's congregating the deer too much but they yard up anyway you know i, I can make a point on east way on the deal but they yard up in the in the winter the other night I came back down I-29 and there were 16 deer standing in one cornfield. You know, so, you know, you go, come on. You know, I mean, so I don't know, you know. CWD, uh, go back to Dr. James Kroll when he had him on the radio mm-hmm. show with us. It's much to do about nothing. And I'm sorry. You know, I, I would not give it to my loved one, you know. But it's never, ever confirmed case of crossing over to a human. You know, it's chronic wasting disease. You know, it's spongiforencephalitis, I think is what the the proper term of that would be. But, you know, maybe that's wrong. But anyway, uh, it's, it's, I just, you know, if I should go out and shoot deer, um, I quit hunting deer and I didn't want to. I, I got some involved with other things that I, my time's gotten so daggone valuable on the deal. But I, I, 
I would not, I would have every deer tested for chronic wasting disease. And if it came back positive, I don't think I would eat it, you know. Yeah. I don't, yeah, I don't think I could take a chance. Well, you know, I don't like deer meat anyway. You know, I've had it fixed, sauteed and baked and run over and rebaked and seasoned. And, and I taste it and go, ugh, that's deer. You know, <laughs> it's just, to me, it's just uh, impalatable. You know, I can eat it in summer sausage, mm-hmm. but you're eating more other stuff than you are deer meat, you know, and let's tell the truth about that, you know, and the deal. But, well, I tell you what, you, you cook a, a roast or something with it, yeah, I can walk in the house and tell if you've been cooking it, you know. It's just, it's to me, it's not good vermin, you know. So, what the hey? Yeah. But Tobin here, he eats blue cats. So, you know, yeah. here we go. Proud of it. Proud of it. <laughs> They're just wonderful, wonderful fish. They are not. It's just got to be the difference between getting them out of the river and getting them out of a lake. It's water. Take them out of the water. Yeah, yeah Missouri River is probably as clean as it's ever been. Yeah, so it's just you. You're not well. Yeah, I'm not well. What the hey? Um, I got to shooting some. They sent me a experimental some boxes of uh, low recoil HSM. Oh yeah. Wow. Until you shoot this product, I, I there's no way I can explain it to you here. On a, now it's a 200 yard, 250 yard bullet, but I've got a new 243 with a Boyd stock on it. And you can hardly feel, I mean, you can feel it go off, but it, it has n- hardly any recoil to it whatsoever. I mean, they claim it's like 50% less recoil. It, I think it's even higher. It you know, seems it, like it's more than that. Ah, it's absolutely unbelievable. And you got to adjust over to it. You know, I mean, you got to reset your scopes and things like that. But my goodness, what a load. That HSM company has got it figured out. They, they call it the factory, uh, hand-loaded by factory, you know, basically what it amounts to. And if they're not perfect, they don't go out the door. I just love that product. Oh, there's nothing like it. I want, is, uh, I don't know, I, I was around, I didn't see any. I went and looked for some just for, I've got it enough to get me by, but I just don't see it on the shelves. I don't know what's going on, whether they don't, they, they tell me they're having a hard time getting powder right now. Hmm. No. I don't know. What's well, worth worth the effort to try to find it. Yeah. Hey, we've got to take a little break. When we come back, when are we going to have Mike on 30? Yes. Mm-hmm. Mike Hanley will join us. Uh, we're brought to you by King City Lumber, kingcitylumber.com. Please go to the website. You're going to build an outbuilding for your horsey or your pony or your four-wheeler or your tractor or for your wife. Go to kingcitylumber.com and purchase one of these buildings look at their website professional builders the best there is you're listening to the midwest outdoors we'll be right back with you welcome back ladies and gentlemen you're listening to the midwest outdoors all three of our listeners are up this morning you think they are nobody's answering no i have some uh duck definitions for you duck definitions since you are in the Waterfowler uh, okay. Hall of Fame. Okay, uh-huh. we've got induction. That's the act of inserting ducks. And we have deduction. That's the act of removing ducks. I'm good at that. And we have reduction. That's replacing a worn-out duck with a replacement duck. Yeah. <sighs> too <laughs> early. <laughs> Way too early. You know, I took the dog over to uh, John Serta for training. 
we need to get him on. We haven't had him on. Yeah, in a we while. haven't had him on for a long time. Love. I'm John. sure he's gotten bit. Uh, you know, yeah, <laughs> I always ask him. Maybe but, not yet this morning. But. You know, I, I haven't told you guys the rest of this, but when I went <clears throat> back over to get him the second time, and he now he said, "Come get the dog. It's okay. Baxter's fine." So if I tell him to go left, he goes left. I tell him to go right, he goes right. I tell him to go long, goes long. And he said, I got one other thing I did for you. And I said, what's that? He said, the dog can now talk. <laughs> I said, what'd you say? And he said, I've trained him to talk. I said, man, I know you're good, John, but that's ridiculous. <laughs> he said, watch this. He said, watch this. And I said, well, okay. So he starts working on him and the dog. So I take him up to the bar the other night, take the dog in there. And the bartender says, you can't have a dog in here. I said, well, this is not just a regular dog. This dog talks. And he said, prove it to me. I'll, I'll bet you a beer. Or if you don't, I'm going to throw your ass out of here. And I said, <laughs> okay. So I said, Baxter, I said, uh, how was the road coming over here? Rough. <laughs> <laughs> That's so bad. I said, what's in the top of your mouth? He said, roof. <laughs> I said, Who's the greatest baseball player to ever play the game? Baxter said, Ruth. <laughs> well, he threw his hat on the sidewalk and Baxter walked over me and said should I said DiMaggio <laughs> <laughs> and you, I had to get that out you know what the heck and you thought my duck definitions were bad uh, now I, this weird dog I own uh, I'm me and Chris are watching the mindless TV and all of a sudden I hear thud 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 and out my patio door goes up to my balcony up to my out porch and this dog comes rolling down the steps, end <laughs> over end, and blood coming off oh, of him. Oh, no. Yeah, he had a seizure. Really? Yeah. And just Baxter did? Oh, yeah. Dang. And, uh, so we're going to take him down here at this hospital down the street here and see if we get him scanned or something. But what? Is that the first time he, it's had No, it, you know, I've had several yellow labs, and it's not uncommon. I took him to the the other, back, the bud dog I had. He... uh uh, had seizures, and we put him on doggy downers. You know, ah. I'd take a few, he'd take a few. But anyway, <laughs> we and I was talking to the vet about it. I said, man, what are we going to do about this? And he said, hey, wait a minute. He said, that's the nature of the breed and a lot of dogs. And he said, it's harder on the owner than it is the dog. Hmm. And Baxter bit his tongue and blood oh, coming nice. out of him and all that kind of stuff, so. What the heck? Poor dog. Yeah. He had a bad day. <laughs> yeah. He had a real, real bad day on the deal. What's going on, Tanny Como? You know, I've not heard a lot of good reports. Um, I've got mixed emotions about this, this new stocking program. I know, you know, talking to Clint Hale and Shane Bush, the biologist down there, they've, you know, what they wanted to do was reduce the number of trout down there mm -hmm. and increase the size. And that's been very successful. And people are catching a lot bigger trout on average, but just not catching the numbers. And it, it's been two years now. I've been, last two years, we struggled to put a limit of fish together. Mm -hmm. And uh, it can be done, but it's not like it was before they reduced the amount of fish that they were stocking in there. So I, I'm not a real fan of it myself right now. You like quantity versus quality. I do. Yeah. Hmm. You know, I only go down there, you know, maybe once or twice a year. And, you know, I'm I'm looking for some action. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, I don't care how big they are. Yeah. So I am a little disappointed in that myself. Well, uh, I can see both sides of that. Yeah. You know, I, I understand that and the deal. But, uh, you know, what's weird is you're going down the river there to Flippin', Arkansas. 
huge numbers, catch all the fish you practically want, and they're huge. I mean, you, you the first time I went to Flippin', Arkansas, I was standing on a balcony overlooking into the river, and I thought there were carp coming up the river, and they were hmm. trout. Wow. Great big ones, you know, three pounds, five pounds, you know, just huge fish, you know. Well, Tanny Como is not like that. I think if you'll give that another year, you know, I think you'll, uh, I don't know that, but I would assume it's going to start showing up as more fish and better quality. Better. Well, the quality, there's no doubt, is has improved a lot. And you're hearing a lot of, a lot of 18-inch fish, some 20-inch fish getting caught, and that's not uncommon anymore. And, it, you know, it was before they reduced mm-hmm. the, the number that they're putting in. But, like I said, I like, I like the action myself. Uh, Triploid, have you heard anything about, I mean, what are, they, what are they doing about this? I mean, are they generating more bigger fish, or what are they doing on that fish? Well, that's what it has done, and, and they're reintroducing that program, according to Clint. And they're going to continue to, to uh, put, put those in there. So I guess for our listeners, a lot of people yeah. don't know what we're talking about. What what is that? I mean, it's a sterile brown trout, and because it doesn't spawn, it just grows really fast, and they get really big. And we had, I think it was two years ago, or has it been three years ago? Now we broke they broke the state record three times in in like twelve months. Wow! And the more than likely, the next world record is going to come out of Tandy Como. And I think it's only within a pound, a pound and a half of breaking that record now. So, yeah. Weird. I don't know if it, that means you should put an asterisk by yeah. that if, if the world record's broken. You know, it's not like a wild, wild trout. Mm. So, Do you guys know anything about fishing for trout in Argentina? I do not. Do you know uh, yeah, uh, not much, but yeah, they've got nice rainbow down there. I heard it's just uh, absolutely unbelievable. Oh, yeah, uh, big king salmon. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just had a friend come back from king salmon. I believe his b- biggest one was 30-some pounds. But, That'll yeah. work. In pristine waters, you're fishing waters that, you know, very yeah. few people have even seen. Huh. Beautiful, beautiful area down there. I'll you, be back down there in December. You've been many places around the world. What's What's a couple of your top places that you've taken trips to oh of course <laughs> as you uh, i love the jungles in northwest brazil i i wish i could go back into central venezuela but it's it's not safe anymore but uh south america in the jungle and the rainforest you, you could just quit fishing and just sit back and watch for a while and it's i said this a long time ago it's like the discovery channel with no commercials <laughs> birds and flowers and you, animals and do you see any minkies <laughs> oh yeah absolutely oh monkeys minkies <laughs> strange story about that so i was fishing nicaragua the first time i come up come up from uh uh northern Ven- northeastern venezuela uh costa rica went up into uh southeastern uh, nicaragua and i was fishing for a fish called a mojara which is uh, kind of a hybrid bluegill on steroids the world record's like two pounds or something really and a quarter wow. so i'm I'm fishing along the bank, you know, in the boat, and I just get this feeling that something's watching me. And I look up, and there's about 10 or 12 white-faced monkeys. They're just wow. right behind the first canopy, and they're all just staring at me in no motion at all. I can kind understand why, but go ahead. Kind of spooky. <laughs> they thought that of you. Yeah, yeah it was kind of spooky. It was, <laughs> it was cool, but, I mean, first when you look up and you got all those eyes looking at you like, whoa. <laughs> How big are these minkies? Oh, those monkeys probably weren't 
I don't know, 10, 12. You, you got terminology. You said monkey. We call it minky here on the Midwest. That, that's I don't live in St. Joe, man. Oh, that, <laughs> <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> Cheap but good. <laughs> Cheap shot but good. <laughs> that's a Peter Sellers reference. Yeah. Peter Sellers. Mink, uh, do you have a permit for your minky? The chimpanzee. chimpanzee. I was yes. lucky enough to go up and to follow this river clear up to where it started in the mountains. Uh, a Rami Indian guy took me up there. Uh, and my deal was I had to bring three props, and they busted two out of the three props getting up there. Wow! But, oh, uh, and fish for a giant mountain mullet. That was that was pretty cool. Hmm. You know that area is still yet to be discovered. There's stuff in there that they say they claim there's a gold mine back in there that's astronomical. Well, it wouldn't surprise me. Wouldn't either. Nobody knows. I mean, it's good stories. Anybody else's. I fished the Sirinuco, and they, they claim there may be as many as uh, 1,600 species of fish just in that river alone in central Venezuela. Yeah, I, I talked to them guys down. They caught some fish. They didn't know what it was. Hmm. And they asked the guide, said, what is that? And he said, I don't know. I've never seen anything like it in my life. Yeah, I, I don't know what that is. Wow. Uh, isn't that weird? Yeah. In the deal. So, what's cool. the deal with your boat? Is it fixed, repaired, in the shop? What's it's still in, in the shop waiting on parts. We had a nice talk. I'm glad Joe came in last week. Oh, I know. Talk. Yeah. They've Wasn't got the, you know, and that's Sportsman's Outfitter Marine, and they do have a lot of boats right now, but when they're gone, they're not getting replaced, more than likely. The, you know, it's the same problem that we've had with supply, and uh, some of these manufacturers just don't have the help to get these boats built. And so if you want one, go Better in get and get it. There. Yeah, right. They've got a good selection right now, as good as they've had in a long time, but. Again, once they're gone, they're, you're going to have you're going to have a hard time getting it replaced. At the expo, I walked by one of the boats and it was only priced for one hundred and five thousand dollars. Oh my gosh! So I thought, well, I call my producer; he's got that kind of money, and I, <laughs> he, he, but I, he didn't answer. <laughs> well, Kyle, you got that kind of one hundred five thousand laying in a drawer somewhere? You know, no, no. If I did, I wouldn't share it. Yeah, you wouldn't be here. <laughs> yeah, <either. right. laughs> you wouldn't be with us. <laughs> but hey, still, um, I spent a little time at Reed Chevrolet this week. Not enough. Uh, what a great class act bunch of people. You, I can go on with stories after stories after stories and uh, talking to the guy who's made his seventh purchase there through the family. I mean, treat you with respect and dignity. Uh, as we always say, they'll never sell you a car or help you buy one. I, I've never been around an uh, organization like that. That's the way it's supposed to be. I love these guys. I love Trev. Trevin's coming in in March to do a, a goat hunting show with us. Oh, good. Awesome. So he's, he's such coming a good in, guy. And I got so much feedback off that last show that he did with us. And he went up and stone sheep hunting and didn't get one. Yeah. But he said it was one of the greatest hunts of his life. And that's something, yeah. That, coming from him, from him, that doesn't surprise yeah. me. I'm, I'm surprised he got back. Yeah. To be honest with you, I figured Grizzly Bear, you know, <laughs> munch him up on the deal, you know. But uh, That's it, some it just, tough hunting. Impossible hunting. Yeah. People don't understand. I had a buddy of mine went, and he's, he lost his toenails. Oh. He walks a steep yes. down and steep oh up and gosh. lost his toenails it is hurt it's a very painful hunt Ooh. oh i oh yes we better take a little break you're listening to the midwest outdoor when we come back mike hanley's going to be with us man i'm pumped up about this guy ought to make a good show put your feet up grab you a second cup of coffee and we'll be right back with you Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to the Midwest Outdoors. I'm your host, Fred Ramsey, in here with my partners in crime, Greg Thompson, and the greatest 
yard care manicurist in the world, Mark Tobin. <laughs> Thank you. You are the second best fisherman in the United States. Wow, I moved up. Mm-hmm. Jimmy Houston's better. Oh, yeah. Just Don't barely. you agree? Barely. Wasn't that great to have him on? He's the best. He's humble. What a great sense of humor he has. Oh, and he's been, you know, he's been. He's been there, done that. He's just yeah. been with everybody. Uh, just no better than Jimmy. And he's had some um, bumps in the road of life. Yeah, he has. And he sucks and up his guts and gets back <laughs> yep. in the game. And never I feel sorry for himself. Never feel sorry. Never, never down. He's a good example. Good example of what America should be. Absolutely. The deal, so. Speaking of good examples, here by the Fune, I have Mike Hanley. I'm so tickled, Mike, to interview you. I've never got to meet you, but I, I feel like I know you. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing well. How are y'all doing this morning? Doing great. What what brings you to our uh, neck of the woods here? The Kansas Monster Buck Classic here in Topeka. Whoa, cool. Well, do you know when that here's opens today? Here for folks. Nine o'clock. Nine o'clock. I think it opens nine o'clock. Nine o'clock. Well, that's cool. Um, we were just sitting here ooing and awing. Uh, we're going to talk to you about deer, but your paintings have just wowed me. I mean, you how in the world? You're self-taught on this thing? Absolutely. <laughs> you, know, you just, I don't know if it's a touch of OCD or, or <laughs> once I started. You know, I was just bound and determined to achieve a certain look, and I'm still going. Now, each, each painting is better than the last one. You didn't start painting until you were like 49 or 50, is that right? I started painting in 2001. I just returned from a safari in South Africa, and I was so blown away by all the flora and fauna. And at one of the things that happened that pushed my button, I guess, a bunch of AIDS orphans came to our camp and did some tribal dances and singing around the campfire. And there's a bunch of hard seasoned hunters there, and they wanted to dry around the fire. Wow. And this was going on. So when I came back home to Alabama, I went out and bought paints, canvases, and brushes, and uh, painted the AIDS orphans. And and then, I, you know, everything else I saw over there, warthogs, Cape buffalo, and I just kept going and on and on. And now, it's, now that I've retired, it's I'm doing it every day. Love it. Well, and it's got to be the most gratifying thing in the world to, to create something like that, and then people think enough of it to purchase it. Well, it is. And, you know, there's some wildlife, really great wildlife artists out there, and they um, they charge a whole lot more than I do. My <laughs> biggest joy is knowing that somebody comes along and sees one of my paintings and decides they can't live without it, and they want to look at it for the rest of their life. Ah, super. Yeah. And you had no inkling. I mean, did you have any artistic ability that you knew of up before you were forty nine or fifty, whatever it was? Oh, not not really. You know, when I was a kid, I, I drew things with ballpoint pen and I painted a couple of things in art class in high school, but I never did pursue it. Wow, that's just but, crazy uh, to me that you could be that good and start at you know such an older age. Hey, Mike, is it is it hard for you to do? Uh, not really. There are some things more challenging than others. The the thing that stumps most wildlife artists is the wildlife. Uh-huh. You know, I, I do. I enjoy painting that. I have no trepidation whatsoever to take on a project, but it's landscapes. 
you know, and trying trying to get uh, an accurate landscape and, and drawing 10,000 leaves and sticks, <laughs> it gets tiresome. Is that painting you know, that... If I do, I'm if sorry. I do a painting uh, of a particular famous deer, for example, that everybody knows, it's got to be just right. Mm-hmm. You know, there's got to be, the, the likeness has to be there. But by the time I get through with that and all the blades of grass and leaves, and it, it could be 200 hours or more. Oh, my gosh. In wow. That painting. Wow. So, so do you paint the animal and then put the habitat around it, or do you paint the habitat and put the animal in it? Well, you know, I used to paint the animal first. But then I, I discovered that I would get bored painting the landscape because it wasn't as interesting and it was harder. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. so now I do the background first and do the animal last. Uh-huh. Interesting. The, the most pretty well. The one I love and I fell in love with it the first time I saw it is the, the deer crossing the railroad track. And I used to work for the Burlington Northern Santa Fe before I knew any better. And uh, the scale of that thing is absolutely off of the chart. I, I think that's going to be a challenge. That had to be a hard one for you. It was. Uh, I decided I wanted to paint a lot of the the famous bucks, the hole in the horn, mm-hmm. the Missouri monarch, and the Dell Austin buck, all mossy horns. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you just stay with it. If you paint enough deer, you can just about do it in your sleep. Yeah, I'll bet. Except for the antlers. <laughs> Mike, uh, this is the good old days. We talk about the good old days of fishing here in the Midwest as right now, I feel. But this is the good old days of whitetail deer, don't you think? Oh, absolutely. I've been keeping track of, of deer since the 1980s and have been scoring for 26 and just left Buckmasters after 26. And I, I can just about tell you the top states per year you know, going back that far, and right now, today, is, is it, it's astounding. I, I expect many records to fall hmm. over the next few years because they're, they're falling right now. What, what do you attribute you know, that to? Mindsets are changing, huh? What do you attribute that to? I mean, all of a sudden, these deer are just showing. I, I was talking to off the air here about uh, people were send me pictures of a 150-class whitetail, pretty darn regular anymore, 140s, which is a trophy to me, uh, 130 yeah. is a trophy to me. I don't care who you are, but uh, why, 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 why is all this surgence in these monster deer here lately? It's a change in hunter mindsets. You know, um, when I was growing up, when, when I was a boy, Anything with any bit of visible antler was a trophy, and you shot it if it came along. Sure. If it's, that's just the way it was. But over time, you know, with the quality deer management and you know, decreasing buck limits, people have become more picky. Mm-hmm. They, they've learned that they don't have to shoot small deer, that if they'll hold out, there'll be bigger ones and with the technology advances with trail cameras and they you know if you know there's a 160 or 170 or god forbid something bigger out there you're not going to settle for something less you'll eat tag soup before you do yeah exactly and, and yeah that's what's happening the, the deer are getting older and living longer and and growing bigger antlers well, that's basically what it's all about. Um, do you think the supplements, uh, the mineral licks, uh, the food plots are having any factor in this? 
I I think it's had a huge impact in places that that don't have the groceries naturally. Mm-hmm. You know, here in lots of the Midwest with the the beans and corn, you know, there's a lot for the deer to eat. In areas that don't have that, absolutely, food plots and and minerals and everything's working. It's turning it around. Yeah. We had Dr. James Crawl on, Dr. Deer, uh, one of the most class individuals that we've ever had the privilege to interview. He says the next world record will come out of Indiana, and he didn't even hesitate when I asked him that question. Do you agree with that? Well, Indiana huh. would be in my top three. Mm-hmm. You know, I would say that Ohio, Indiana, or Kansas – Mm-hmm. It's likely to do it. Mm. Well, I've never seen a deer herd this good in my life. I'm, you know, I've got friends that are avid deer hunters, and they want meat. Um, they and they don't get one. It just amazes me. And I always mm-hmm. tell the story here on the air. This guy tells me they've been hunting the same buck for seventeen years now. <laughs> and I, I just sh- <laughs> shake my head and go on. And of course, you know, on the deal, but. Uh, this is the good old days of whitetail deer hunting. There's no doubt about it, you know. Unbelievable. It is, you know. But aren't you glad that you got into it a long time ago and it was affordable? Yes. <laughs> right. <laughs> Imagine trying to start out today. Oh, my. You know, with the things that we started out as kids. You know, I don't know how people do it, but there's no question that the equipment and, and, and gear available to hunters nowadays is far superb yeah. to the things that we had to do. We had to hunt a whole lot harder with far less capable equipment. Uh, do you think electronics has uh, helped to harvest larger animals now? Uh, no question. No doubt about it. No question. If you know what's going out there, when he's going out there, when he's out there now in some cases, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's, of course it's going to play well. Well, yeah. doesn't it also allow... But that opens up a whole other can of worms yeah. in terms of, of ethics in some some situations. But mm-hmm. um, if the technology's there and if it's legal where you hunt, by all means, take advantage of it. Exactly. I, I think that one thing it helps at is, is Fred and I, we were all talking about it off the air, you hear a lot more people passing up 120s, 130s, 140s. Exactly. Educated people. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man, yeah. Yeah. You know, it, it's it's unreal. Yeah. Uh, what's your uh, Mike? What, what's your thought pattern? I'm sorry, I keep stepping on you. Mike, what uh, your thought pattern on CWD? I think it's here with us forever. Uh-huh. You know, those uh, prions will stay in the ground for decades. You know, we don't know exactly how long, but I mean, it may have always been here for all we know. But it's going to be here, and it's going to spread. Mm-hmm. No, I don't know personally if it merits some of the the tight restrictions and the obliteration of some herds like they did in Wisconsin at first. Yeah, I'm not sure that that's going to help. Mm-hmm. No, I I really don't. There, we can take precautions and maybe slow the spread, but we're not going to wipe it out. Well, have you heard? Or and I figure you're one of the more knowledgeable people we could talk to about deer. Have you heard of a human who ate deer meat with CWD that it affected him uh, physically? The science says no. Mm-hmm. You no, know, I have heard of a couple of people who said that it did, 
but the science says that particular prion for CWD will not jump the humans. Now, there are other variations of it, different strains, I guess, like mad cow disease or Kranzfeld-Jacobs disease Mm -hmm. that will jump. But CWD itself is not supposed to. Well, (laughs) I I, I I say that, and then tomorrow a new study will come out. Sure. (laughs) My co-host, Mark Tobin, has uh, CWD, I'm sure. I'm not really <laughs> sure what's wrong with him, but something's not normal. He keeps his head off to one side all the time, so we're worried about you. My co-host, Mark Tobin, here in the studio. <laughs> hey, Mark. <laughs> hey, we're uh, visiting with Mike Handley. He is the former editor of Rack Magazine and the former director of Buckmaster uh, Records Program. Mike, you're out at the Kansas Monster Buck Classic out in Topeka. This is at the Stormont Vale Events Center. Um, what do you? What are you doing out there? I'm here to oversee the scoring of deer for their contest, and I'm also today. I'll spend the entire day inside a classroom teaching people how to measure antlers. Oh wow! Oh, cool. Have you had very very good response? Have you had very many uh, people bring their racks in there? It was a great first day. I think we scored about 24 Wow! in all, but sheds, antlers, and and some mounts yesterday. And six of those top 200. Whoa! Really? Wow! That's that's day one. We're supposed to have a real pretty warm day today. I I expect we're going to be pretty busy. Wow. Wow. Uh, That may not be time to eat a bunch. You know, a a 200-class whitetail deer is just so mind-boggling to me. Do you, uh, personal do you, level. Do you yeah. know where those came from? All Kansas. All is Kansas. That, wow. Uh, <laughs> Can, All Kansas. Kansas has got it going on. There's no doubt about it. I can. I wasn't at the show in its early days. We came along, oh, I'm thinking maybe 2013, 2012. And, but in the early days when they started it, I think they'd get 300 deer. Gee whiz. Wow. You know, it can rival any contest or deer show in the country in terms of number of deer. And the quality here just blows you away. I got scores who would pay to come to Kansas just to be able to put their hands on some of these monstrous racks. Yeah. How cool. It's very impressive. What happened to deer hunters? I mean, it's just, they're an amazing species, for first thing. And they grab that set of antlers, and they get that donut-glazed look on their face, <laughs> and they don't want to let go. <laughs> I mean, I've never figured it out, you know. Unbelievable. Oh, deal. I'll get around my deer hunting. I'll get around my deer hunting buddies, and they'll... they'll What's that? You post a picture of a big deer on Facebook, and you can get a quarter million hits overnight. Yeah. Wow. Amazing. That's happened. Amazing. Unbelievable. People love the eye candy, and if they can touch it, even better. <laughs> yeah. What time are you uh, giving your seminars today, Mike? It'll be from, uh, going to start at 9 o'clock, and it'll take us on through 5. Oh, really? Okay. All the way through. At the end of this class, there'll be a written test, and... That'll wrap things up. Cool. Then I'm going to make a beeline in there to the exhibit hall so I can see what I've missed. 
see all the big deers come in. Have you had a chance to see what all is going on in there yet? Yeah, I was there all day, well, most of the day yesterday. Mm-hmm. What can and people expect to see when they go over there? Well, there's, there's all sorts of implements. There are campers, there's hunting gear, outfitters. Um, there was, I think, maybe a dozen, no, two dozen cornhole tables. And, and there were plots going on all day long, people playing that. And it's, you know, a pretty good crowd this first day. I think it's going to be hard to get through some of the aisles today. No. They've got the 3D archery shoot. They got the shed contest, like Mike alluded to, that and the cornhole. That's a cornhole uh, tournament. Uh, it's said yeah. to be the largest hunting and fishing uh, and sportsman show in the state of Kansas. Uh, Don Brewer from Swamp People is going to be there. Wilder Horses is going to have a concert. I think that's tonight. Uh, they got the yeah. fetch and fish. Yeah, uh, got the forty-one. And they foot. got the dog dog. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, they got the what? It's, it's the there's a lot to see. Lots of stuff for kids, so it's a, it's a yeah. good good way to, to burn some time while we're waiting for the Chiefs to play tomorrow night. Mm, really, and that's true. <laughs> <laughs> well, Mike, well, that's the reason I think today is going to be very crowded. Yeah, I'll bet it is. I'll bet it's record attendance today. Nice weather, and, yeah. and this thing has really been. This is keyed up. I got a lot of friends. I got some friends driving from Iowa over there. And Iowa takes a back seat to nobody, and they're going to go over and take a look at the deer and the deal. So, got one buddy yeah, from their, Lincoln. Their show is not until March, so yeah, they come down and whet their appetite here. <laughs> exactly. I mean, these guys are eat, sleep, and drink whitetail deer. I've never been around anything like this on the deal. So, you think the future of deer hunting is just pretty bright? I mean, we're down in the state of Missouri. We're down five million dollars worth of revenue for hunting and fishing licenses sold. Um, do you think that'll trickle over into the white-tailed deer? I mean, and to the people buying their tags and going out there hunting them? Oh, I, I think so. You know, the biggest problem, uh, detriment, I guess, to the growth of hunting is, is access places to hunt. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, but if, if somebody can get access, whether it's a club or they you know, want to venture on some of the public lands and maybe rekindle something that they did in childhood and then fell out of. Yeah. It'll keep growing. You know, I think the, there's a big jump in the number of women hunters. Cool. And with that, with that increase and with most of, you know, us grand types with, with grandkids, I think it'll always be here. And, and you know, I think it's healthy. I think you're going to see growth. Mike, I'm so impressed with your artwork. Can uh, people find that and, and, and look at it or purchase? How, how do people do that? They can just look me up on Facebook. I do a tremendous amount of business, and I post paintings in progress so people can see them take shape. Oh, cool. Do you ever do lives? I haven't done it yet, but now that I'm retired, I might expand. <laughs> oh, that'd be cool. That'd be really cool. Do you have that the first painting that you did of the the um, the AIDS the children? AIDS yeah, I I don't have that original, but I, I repainted one of them just a couple of years ago. It's cool. it, uh, it's probably on there. We're good. Yeah, cool. I got to see that. Yeah, yeah. me too. I tell you, Mike, thank you for getting up this hour and joining us here on the air, and uh, nothing but best of luck. And I know some friends that know you, and you're one of the nicest people to walk the face of the earth. They tell me. 
Oh, cool. What's the name? <laughs> Gladys. Yeah. I, I want to make sure that, you know, I pay the right person. <laughs> hey, she's looking good. She got her teeth back the other day, so she's doing fine. I'll send her over today. I'll see you over there after a while, right, Mike. Good. I look forward to it. All right, buddy. Thanks so much, Mike. Well, what thanks for calling, guys. I look forward to seeing you at the show if you can make it over. Sounds I'll great. I'll be there. Yeah. Boy, I tell you what, what, what a class act. Yeah, he sure is. Isn't he a nice, nice guy. guy? It's just, it just it really blows me away that he didn't start painting till he was 49, and he is so good. What are you going to start doing, Toby? Yeah. I mean, I, mean, I can't. There's, there's light in a tunnel for I, you now. I can't draw a stick person. How about you can mow a manicured yard? I can do that. You, I mean, paint it. Oh, no, can't do that. Can't I do just know. <laughs> huh. Well, I'm starting to worry about you. What's a hey? Especially when you hold your head sideways. You ain't got CWD, Debbie. I don't, not that I know of. Mental disorders, but. Uh, me too. What the hey? Except for Thompson. He's the one who keeps us anchored. <laughs> <laughs> you all are screwed. <laughs> Mike Hanley, he's good. good man. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Go out to the, to the, uh, the Kansas Monster Buck Classic today or tomorrow. Not a better way. I mean, you got to do something to pass the time because it's been a long week waiting for that football game tomorrow. It's just an hour drive from Kansas City. Yeah, yeah, it's not to be. I got guys driving from Shenandoah, Iowa, going over there. You know, I got guys from Lincoln, Nebraska, going down that thing. They, they got the deer glaze, I call it. <laughs> hey, we're brought to you by SureGrow for you farmers that listen, which we have a lot of farmers. You want to look at these guys? They are fantastic. At Four City. Savannah and Osborne, Missouri, professionals, about 115 years of service on the deal. And we're also brought to you by Altec. If you guys are looking for a great job, there's no finer company than Altec up in St. Joseph, Missouri. Pay good, respect you, and I've got a lot of friends that work there. You cannot believe how good a company you can go to work for right there in St. Joe, Missouri. Tell you what, that wraps it up for this edition of the Midwest Outdoors. we got to go for this week. The next time we see you. I hope we see you in a great outdoors. Please win, Chiefs. (laughs) Let's go, baby. So long, everybody.